Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com. A lot to get to today. Arkansas has a big game against Mississippi State on Saturday. We're going to dive in with Paul Jones from Jeans Page 24-7, the Mississippi State site on 24-7 Sports, to get a little bit more insight on this matchup. We're also going to talk with Danny West because Arkansas got a big commitment from Isaiah Satania, the top-rated commitment in the class. All that and more on Hogsports Live. All right, everybody, this, of course, is your Arkansas versus Mississippi State primer. Plenty of ways to watch and listen to the show. If you haven't followed us on Facebook, become one of 80,000 Razorback fans to follow the page and let other people know about the show. Share it, um, do all those things. Also available on YouTube. Follow the page on YouTube. Subscribe to the page, I should say. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also, share with your buddies. Uh, Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review if you haven't taken a moment to do that and uh, say something nice about the show. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports is just $1 right now for your first month. H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Be sure to sign up for our breaking news text alerts. If you had breaking news text alerts, you would have known the immediate, uh, the moment that Isaiah Satania committed to Arkansas, uh, as well as any kickoff time. We don't spam you with anything like that. We just uh, we just give you the breaking news. Also, sign up for our newsletter for free Razorback content delivered to your email inbox each morning, along with any other breaking news. Okay. As I mentioned, we're going to get to Paul Jones over at Gene's page. He's going to get us, give us a little bit of insight on Mississippi State, and we're going to talk to Danny West a little bit, and we'll answer your questions as well. So just jumping right into it with Isaiah Satania. And again, we'll talk to Danny probably after Paul. Uh, we, we talked to Paul, but uh, he's 5'11", 170-pound, number 133-ranked prospect uh, in the country on 24-7 sports. This is a guy who puts up just absurd track numbers. I mean, uh, he's a 24 and a half foot long jumper, six foot six high jump. These are numbers from 2019 also. 14.6 seconds in the 100 meter and 110 meter hurdles, 37 in the 300, 37.67 and 300. Personal best, again, this is this is 2019 where this number's coming from, 10.8 in the 100 meters. Okay, 21.9 in the 200 and 49.5 in the 400 meters. So this is a guy that Gabe Brooks projects as one day to be somewhere within the fourth to the seventh round in the NFL draft. He thinks he has that type of potential. So nice pickup. He was once committed to Texas A&M and then uh, most recently committed to, uh, to Oregon and now is committed to Arkansas. Okay. So we'll get into that a little bit more with Danny West, but just the significance of it, Arkansas now has the top eight commits in the class. 
the top eight, excuse me, recruits in the class. That's Isaiah Satania, Andrew Chambly, Amarian Harris, Quincy McAdoo, James Joyner, Manny Powell, who's actually from Ohio but moved to Fayetteville, Dax Courtney, and Nico DeVillier. That's the top eight in the class right now that they have offered. And, and they have 10 total. So we don't want to go without mentioning J.J. Hollinsworth out of Greenland, who's ranked number 11th in the class, and Caden Henley out of Shiloh Christian in Springdale, who's number 14 in the class. So that's where things stand right now. Razorback recruiting. Arkansas ranked 19th in the country right now. Now there are some other schools to watch that are behind Arkansas. South Carolina at 21 only has 17 commitments. Florida at 22 with 13 commitments. Oklahoma State with 15 commitments at 28. Ole Miss with 15 commitments at 30. Mississippi State with 17 commitments at 31. And Tennessee with 14 commitments at 32. And Auburn with 13 commitments at 34. So those are programs that I would say have a chance to catch Arkansas just based on the fact that they don't have a whole lot of commitments. And traditionally, uh, they recruit at a pretty high level. So Arkansas is going to have to continue to add commitments. Uh, We know that Warren Thompson counts against this class. And then really it's just about how many spots they have available because – of super seniors and, and things like that. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting to look at this also when you when you take into account what Arkansas has done in recruiting. And Razorback fans, and I, I get it, you know, lose it when a top recruit inside the state goes out of state. But, like, look at Mississippi. And one of the reasons people will say, like, you know, when, when Arkansas was really, really down, Chad Morris years, last year, Brett Bilma, uh, when they would say, when they would like rank the top jobs in the SEC, and a lot of times they put Mississippi State and Ole Miss ahead of Arkansas as a top job because of the recruiting territory, because there's a lot of recruits. But first of all, Mississippi State and Ole Miss got to, they got to split those commitments, right? Or split, split those top recruits. But if you go back and look, like this year, 2022, you got to go down to the number four ranked player in Mississippi before before there's a commitment to an Ole Miss, to Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Number four, number five are both committed to Ole Miss. The top are Georgia, Alabama, Miami. So, I mean, like they really had to battle a lot of schools. You look at 2021, LSU, Alabama, Oregon, those are the top three commitments out of the state of Mississippi. 2020, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, number two. Auburn, Kentucky, Mississippi State, number five. Ole Miss at number six with their highest rated commitment from the state. 2019, Georgia, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Auburn, Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Auburn. You know, I mean, so like there's a lot of – I mean, you have to go back to 2018 before the top-rated commit out of the state of Mississippi went to a Mississippi school. So good job. I mean, and it's like that all over the country. If you look at Arkansas, like – from a ratio standpoint, they're getting the guys inside the state that they offer. Go look at like Pennsylvania or, you know, any just about any state in the country, and you'll find that Arkansas is one of the top uh, at keeping the the in-state guys inside the state. So, how to watch Arkansas versus number seventeen Mississippi State? They came in at number seventeen, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise to see them that high. I thought Arkansas had a chance to be in there and Mississippi State probably somewhere in the twenties, but number seventeen on the college football playoff poll uh, is where Mississippi State is at. 5-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in the SEC for Mississippi State. Arkansas at 5-3, and 1-3 and three in the SEC. Saturday, November 6th at 3 p.m., SEC Network, Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, five-and-a-half point favorite for Arkansas. Arkansas is favored by five-and-a-half points. You can read about all, you know, how to watch radio affiliates, all that stuff on Hog Sports. 
uh, but Mississippi State and um, and Arkansas in their second year with their coaches, Mike Leach and Sam Pittman. CBS Sports came out with their top – that whether well, they ranked all 130 teams. They had Arkansas at 31 and Mississippi State at 33. Now, what I think is interesting about these two teams, like when you look at them from a recruiting standpoint, they are very, very similar. I mean, like – Year after year, both of them are, like, right next to each other. I think 2018, Arkansas had number 45-ranked class. But every other year, it's like they're all they're both in the 20s somewhere, like right by each other. So pretty evenly matched when you consider that. And you also look at the transfer portal, the help that they've got there. Arkansas, I think, brought in, like, six or seven guys from the transfer portal. Uh, several of them are playing a key role for Arkansas. Same way with Mississippi State. they got two wide receivers from the transfer portal who are starting for them. A uh, cornerback, I believe a defensive tackle. Their, their backup quarterback came out of the transfer portal also. Also, uh, so, I mean, when you look at it like that, it's like very evenly matched. And there are certain things that this game's going to come down to. And I know we all look at the Kentucky game and say, okay, what was it, 31-10 or something like that. Uh, I think I stopped watching after it got 31-10 or so in the fourth quarter. I, in my rewatch, I watched it live. But I, I watched the whole game again yesterday. And I'm just thinking like, okay, like where where was the mishap here for Mississippi State – or excuse me, for Kentucky? Um and it comes down to mistakes. And, like, Mississippi State fans might listen to this like, oh, here we go, you know. This game is about mistakes. And what Mississippi State has shown is they will capitalize on your mistakes. That's what this game is all about, especially when you're talking about evenly matched teams. It's about capitalizing on the other team's mistakes and limiting your own mistakes. And if you look at this game, you know, Kentucky's driving, I believe maybe the first drive, and they throw an interception right around the goal line. Okay, it was a deep ball, but they throw an interception right around the goal line, costing them points. All right, the 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 end of the half, at the the like around the last play, for, I guess it was the last play for Kentucky. I'm not sure Mississippi State ran a couple plays or something, but um, they're driving, they're in field goal range, and they throw a pick right at like the two yard line. Okay, that's the last play for Kentucky at the end of the half. Okay, the next drive they come back in the third quarter, and there's an interception or a fumble, and then there's an interception or a fumble. I can't remember which one. But there's three turnovers in a row. And that third quarter for Kentucky was a complete disaster. And they kept turning the ball over. They have four turnovers in the game. Okay? I mean, Mississippi State capitalized on all of those. And they're all in the in the third the, – like the, the, the next two turnovers in the third quarter are, you know, in Kentucky territory. And Mississippi State made them pay for it. And that's what this game comes down to so often is the mistakes. So, you know, we can talk about, like, you know, keeping everything in front of you. Obviously, that's important. Um, you know, obviously, you, you would hope that Will Rogers did, is at 90-some percent completion percentage. I would say the odds are dramatically stacked against that happening. But he's still 75%, and that's pretty darn good for the year. So, it's yeah, keeping it, you know, tackle well, keeping things in front of you, all of those things, but the mistakes, the penalties, the turnovers, special teams, all of those things. And they gave up a punt return for a touchdown. Mississippi State did early in the game. I just think all of those things are so significant and you know, we talk about it all the time and you know, like keys to victory and we we do that story every every week and um it's always going to be penalties, turnovers, special teams. Those kind of penalties, turnovers, special teams are always going to be a big, a big factor in that. And um, 
you know, that's one reason um, Mississippi State was successful. And that's not me saying like anything negative, but people will take it that way. But that's what it takes to win in this conference, especially when there's evenly matched teams. When they make a mistake, you make them pay. And Kentucky fans are sitting there right now saying, we shot ourselves in the foot. No, you didn't. <laughs> you made mistakes. And Kentucky or Mississippi State made you pay for them. So this is a huge game for Arkansas at home. I mean, you're, you lose this one, you're talking about losing back-to-back games at home in the SEC. That's not a good look. Um, you know, I go back and look. I watched a good part of that Auburn game. Um, you know, and it's just a few things here and there where, you know, mistakes, penalties, and, you know, big penalties. And, and mistakes like, um, you know, when I say penalties, that's also like getting bad calls against you. And I know, like, you can't talk about the referees because that has nothing to do with it. You're going to tell me that third and six where Arkansas had to have it and they get a bogus pass interference call, the ball's seven yards, seven feet out of bounds. I guess there's no way a six-foot wide receiver is catching that ball and Arkansas gets a penalty flag on a third down and six where they had to have a stop, that's not going to impact the game. You can't talk about that. The fumble, there wasn't a fumble. Again, I mean, there's a lot of things. I'm not saying that, like those things go the, the other way. There's an, also another pass interference call that I thought was a phantom call. But um, I'm not saying those things would have resulted in an Arkansas win, but it would have changed a lot and given them a better chance to win. Um, Arkansas is healthy, rested. About as healthy as they've been since week one, Mississippi State's been in the grind of it. And we talked a little bit about that on Monday's show. But uh, how big of a factor does that play? Would you rather be the well-rested, completely healthy team that's you know really had a couple of light weeks versus the team that's been in the grind of it and coming off wins against Vanderbilt and Kentucky? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Again, we're going to get to your questions. I'm going to get with Paul Jones here, maybe a little bit earlier than I told him. But I want to get to Paul Jones over at the uh, the Mississippi State site. He's the co-publisher at Gene's Page. Does a good job over there. For those who want to follow or see what Paul is saying, maybe during the game you like to follow that kind of stuff, it's at PJ247Sports on Twitter. And he's been with the Mississippi State site, covering Mississippi State athletics for a number of years. Mr. Jones, how you doing? Uh, doing great. Um, for those of you uh, listening in, again, uh, uh, we're with Paul Jones, co-publisher at Jeans Page 24-7. Follow him at PJ247Sports. Paul, I wanted to just jump right into it with you. Um, 
what what is going on right now at Mississippi State? How do you feel like they are from a health standpoint? We've been talking a lot about Arkansas coming off, you know, two pretty easy weeks, a bye week and a UAPB week uh, versus Mississippi State. You know, the one thing that, you you know, you kind of see that contrast here is Mississippi State coming off of um, back-to-back wins, three straight weeks. This will be, I guess, the fourth week in a row versus Arkansas having a little bit of time off. How do you see that dynamic playing out? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with their play lately. It's just playing clean football trade. Mm. And, you know, that I know it sounds simple enough, but that's been the huge, huge difference in their wins and losses. And even in the narrow win against Louisiana Tech to open the season. I mean, when they play clean football, and what I mean by that is winning the turnover margin and, and not giving points away, mm. they've been very good this year, especially against Texas A&M, Kentucky, and North Carolina State. You know, I think another factor has just been the maturation of, of the offensive players, mainly quarterback Will Rogers. I think he's making mm-hmm. a lot uh, smarter reads now with the ball, and, and that includes pre-snap reads where he sees what the defense is lined up in. And, of course, a lot of that is zone defenses with the air raid offense, and, and he's going to the run game more. We saw that last week against Kentucky, I think. Uh, that was the best balance that Mike Leach has had with his offense at Mississippi State. Uh, my numbers may be off one or two, but I believe 39 passes, 34 rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was that was unheard of a year ago, you know, while these guys were trying to learn the system and, and playing a true freshman quarterback in Will Rogers. And, you know, I think it's always dangerous, Trey, to compare games mm-hmm. to last year, you know, especially since it was a COVID year last year and things were weird altogether, but you look at the difference in their games, especially their offense this year against Texas A&M and Kentucky. You know, those two teams completely shut down Mississippi State's offense last year, and a big culprit was the interceptions. You know, I think Mississippi State played, what, four interceptions, three or four last year uh, against Texas A&M and had six interceptions in the loss to Kentucky. And you look at this Arkansas game last year, what was it, three or four interceptions mm-hmm. as well in that game. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it comes down to playing clean football for this offense because, you know, let's face it, the air raid offense is not a offense where they throw 50-yard bombs every play. Mm-hmm. It, it's got it's got to be clean. It's got to be precise. The wheel has to be accurate because – it's really a ball control offense, Trey. I mean, they, they have to complete 10 or 11 passes in a drive because uh, most of them are five, six-yard dump-offs through either the slot receiver sitting in the zone or running backs out of the backfield. So, uh, to me, that's going to be the key to watch on Saturday. I think what Will Rogers has shown is that you can't just drop eight. And Kentucky brought some pressure every once in a while, but most of it was, was just dropping eight. And, you know, I was talking with our listeners just a second ago, and, you know – you go into that, like right before half, Kentucky throws that interception. You know, they have a chance to make a big play there. They throw the interception. And then they have two turnovers in the in the uh, third quarter. So, it's like three straight turnovers. But this is a 10-14 game in the third quarter. And you come out of the third quarter and it's 31-10, you know. And it's, and it's Mississippi State capitalizing on Kentucky's mistakes. And that's such a big part of this one. Um, I, want, I wanted to jump into – just kind of, you know, we did the five questions exchange, so I just want to go over that for the listeners that uh, that haven't read that. But can you update us real quick on the on the injury situation at Mississippi State? Well, last week they had a few guys out, and, and one one guy we're not sure of is uh, starting right guard from Travis Johnson. 
uh, he goes by the nickname Dollar Bill, and that's what we call him over years, Dollar. <laughs> but uh, he, Cole Smith, the former LSU transfer, he actually started against Arkansas last year at center, but they moved him more to guard this year. Uh, no reason given, which isn't a surprise for Mike Leach, but uh, not sure if it was you know COVID related or injury or what it. You know what the deal. Uh, you know, I, I, I would be surprised if he returned this week. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a, a long-term deal, but uh, that's one to watch at right guard. It may be Cole Smith starting again. Uh, Brandon Ruiz, uh, solid kicker. Uh, he has not been healthy. I think he missed three, three and a half games, and since he's come back, he hasn't been completely healthy. But he's about the best option they have. And, you know, he's been their kickoff guy, their field goal guy, and, and since he's come back, uh, he really hasn't handled many kickoffs, and mm-hmm. they kind of taken those duties away from him to, you know, I don't know if it's his back or, uh, you know, a pull going or what the deal is with him, but he's not helping, and the coaches have mentioned that, that he's trying to get back, and, and they say with Ruiz, it's really not just, not even a, a game-by-game situation, it's a kick-by-kick situation to see mm-hmm. how he's feeling. So a lot of that, Trey, is determining warm-ups and how he's feeling. So uh, that's another one to watch. But, you know, the only other guy they missed last week, Trey, was uh, starting safety Fred Peters. Uh, but it wasn't injury-related. Uh, he, he became a dad last Saturday, so he was absent mm. for that game. But he's expected to be back uh, this weekend. Yeah, I think we can excuse that. <laughs> so uh, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, about Will Rogers, so I don't I don't want to go into that one too much because I mean obviously he's he's really kind of coming into his own. But um, we one of the questions I asked you was what is the biggest difference with Mississippi State aside from Will Rogers uh, last year versus this year? And they did some really good work in the transfer portal. Um, I think seven players out of the transfer portal, including four guys who are starting for Mississippi State. Yeah, I man. I kind of go back to to you know guys just getting more reps and more experience, but. Uh, they they did hit hit uh, you know a home run if you will in the transfer portal when you look at the guys they brought in. Obviously, Makai Polk's the biggest name you're going to mention because he leads SEC in receiving mm-hmm. uh, in catches, and I think he's fifth in yards. But you know, Jameer Calvin, another transfer receiver, he, he's had some moments this year. Uh, Randy Charlton is a starting defensive end transfer from Central Florida. Uh, you know, they they've had so many guys just to, to impact right away. Um, you know, I, I think another key factor, and and I believe uh, you've seen this same thing with Sam Pittman at Arkansas, man, it's just that mindset of learning how to win games. Mm-hmm. You know, that that can be difficult when, you, when your program's been down and you've had a couple losing seasons. Uh, just getting guys to, to learn how to win and just step up and make a play. You know, you mentioned um, the game last weekend. You know, the, the interception off the tip pass that uh, Jalen Green called right before half. That's stepping up and making a play that can help determine the outcome of a game. Um, and, and, and you've got to have that more and more in the SEC because, man, you know better than anybody, games are so close in the SEC. And, and you may make a play that wins the game in the first quarter or it could be on the last play of the game, but there's going to be three or four plays in most SEC weekends to determine, you know, whether you win or lose. Paul Jones joining us again, uh, co-publisher at Gene's Page 24-7, PJ247Sports on Twitter. So I want to ask you this. What is the secret for Arkansas, you think? What what does Arkansas have to do to beat Mississippi State on Saturday? 
You know, there's been a weakness to Mississippi State's defense. It's been allowing uh, those big plays in the secondary. You know, I mentioned that in our, our swap questions. And, you know, it seems like it's reared its ugly head in just about every game, even their blowout wins. Like I mentioned, you know, they had no problems with Vanderbilt, which everybody can say this played them this year, I guess, except South Carolina. But uh, even in that game against Vanderbilt, one of their field goals came off of a 61-yard pass. And, you know, LSU killed them deep. Um, you know, you look at Texas A&M, they had some deep shots in that game. And obviously Alabama had a field day uh, against their secondary. I mean, that's that's been the Achilles heel of the, sec- uh, of the defense because of, the run defense has been pretty good, and, and we know that that's going to be an interesting matchup this weekend because I think, I think Arkansas, what, ranks fourth nationally in uh, rush offense, and Mississippi State ranks fourth nationally, I think, in run defense. So uh, I know that, that matchup will get a lot of attention, but to me, uh, you know, for Mississippi State, it's about limiting the big plays and not letting K.J. Jefferson beat you with his arm. You know he's going to run the ball. You know he's going to have – uh, that presence in the run game, but they cannot allow those deep shots down the field. And I'll get you out with this one, Paul. How do you see this one playing out? Do you have a score prediction you'd like to give? Man, I could go with a three-point win for either team, and, and I could be talking to that. I, I really do believe we'll see a close game. Uh, and, of course, saying that, it'll probably a 35-point blowout for somebody. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think these teams uh, are, are evenly matched. Uh, I know they do things differently as far as from an offensive standpoint, but, you know, I think, uh, you mean, you look at the strong points for both teams and the other side matches up well with that. You know, we just mentioned the, the run offense and the run defense. Well, you can say the same thing. You know, Mississippi State has a number one passing offense, which is clear with the air rate offense. You're going to be number one probably most years, but, you know, Arkansas is, what, second in SEC in pass defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a there's a lot of good matchups on paper that to where I think this game uh, should, um, should be a four-quarter game. And, you know, Mississippi State has has played well on the road. You know, uh, they've had some some hiccups on the road, too, obviously, with the loss of Memphis. But they wanted Texas A&M, uh, obviously wanted Vanderbilt. But still, you know, winning – Winning at A and M in front of yeah. that crowd, over a hundred thousand people, you know that says says a lot about their ability to block out the noise and then to overcome adversity. Because uh, you know Arkansas is going to have that home field advantage, and the crowd's going to be into it. And you know Arkansas is going to make a run at, at some point, and they're going to have good plays. How how quickly can you overcome adversity? But you know, I'd be surprised if this wasn't a full quarter game. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and. Turnovers, penalties, special teams going to play such a big role in this one, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean that's it's uh, it, it should be a. Ba- I mean, when you look at this, these you know they do things so much differently. But when you look at recruiting rankings, they're always right right by each other the last exactly. you know, five years or so. Um, but they do things differently. But I, I really think turnovers, penalties, special teams, a bad call here and there, or something like that, could could determine the outcome in this one. I agree, and, you know, Mississippi State, obviously, you know, Burks is going to get his. I think State's got good cornerbacks, but, you know, it's like somebody pointed out on our message board this week, and it's so true. Burks makes plays when he when he isn't even open, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you know he's going to be a factor. The key is to not let other guys beat you as well. Yeah. All right, Paul. Well, I appreciate you, um, and I will we see you this weekend? You heading to Fayetteville? No, we'll not be. We've uh, – such a long trip. We'll have somebody mm-hmm. there. We'll have a couple of people there covering. But, uh, 
getting uh, getting close to that carryover between basketball and football season. I, hear you. I know you're ready for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Paul, appreciate you, man. All right, man. All right, everybody, that's Paul Jones again. You can follow him at PJ247Sports on Twitter, and uh, he is the co-publisher over at Gene's page, which is the Mississippi State site that covers uh, – excuse me, the 24-7 site that covers Mississippi State. Okay, now I want to jump over to Danny West. Danny had a busy week with uh, the commitment of Isaiah Satania, as we mentioned, the highest-rated commitment in the class for Arkansas, committing Wednesday night, flipping from Oregon. Also a big recruiting weekend coming up. Arkansas, the only school in the SEC in the month of October that did not have an official visitor, by the way. Danny, how you doing? Trey Biddy, what's going on? Oh, not much. I'm just uh, letting everybody know about what happened with Isaiah Satania. And uh, just, uh, I guess, starting off, what what are your thoughts on the significance of that commitment? And, uh, yeah, I'll just let you take it. Yeah, I mean, it was big. You know, from even a perception standpoint, you're looking to try to get the number one player in the state, of course. He's, he's basically turned you down twice committed to two other schools and came full circle back around to you. So that was good. You know, I think they've missed on the last three out of the four years, uh, number one players in the state, mm-hmm. or he would have been the third out of four. So, you know, that's a good trend to, to see come to an end. Then of course the rankings aspect of it. Uh, you know, I, you, you're trying to avoid a, a complete slide here towards the end. And right. The numbers have a lot to do with that, of course. They're uh, they're low on numbers this year. But, uh, yeah, a big time pickup, Isaiah. You know, I, you got to give a lot of credit to Kenny Guyton here. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets enough credit. That was a tough flip, and he made it happen. For those of you who don't follow Danny, you can follow him at Danny West 247 Sports. Most of his content is VIP, which means you need a subscription, and Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month, HAWGsports.com. So, Danny, um, what's next? What do you think is next for Arkansas's class? They have 20 commitments right now, 21 counting Warren Thompson, who counts against the class. And we don't know really how many more that they could sign in this class. It depends, as we were talking earlier, on super seniors and things like that. So what do you think is next for this 2022 class? Yeah, I think they've got eight eight guys for next year that could potentially come back and, and count against your 85. Uh, we can name them real quick. Fouché, Bumper, Buster Brown, Traylon Smith, Shane Clinton, Dalton Wagner, John Richway, and Jordan Silver. So, you know, you got to wait until after the season to give those guys time to make their decision and see which way that falls. So until that happens, it's hard to really know exactly how much room you've got. But to answer your question, I think if they really love somebody in this class, mm-hmm. you know, it'd have to be one that they really, really love. But I do think they would make room for – I don't know, one to two more if they were, you know, so fortunate to get a couple of these guys down the final stretch. And, I mean, I I think it'd have to be like four-star type guys, you know. So, from a rankings perspective, I I did a little research on this. You really need a couple of more four-stars, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to stay in the top 25, and all teams do, because – you know, there's so many teams behind you right now. They've only got 13, 14, 15 yeah. commitments. Florida, and, uh, Auburn, Tennessee. I mean, there's a lot of schools that recruit at a high level that don't have a lot of commitments right now. Yeah, you know, that traditionally pass Arkansas mm-hmm. and uh, and probably will again unless Arkansas can somehow 
add to what they've got. I've been a little uh, surprised that they're going over 20, or it appears to be. So uh, maybe they'll find the room somewhere. But it's like Coach Pittman said a couple of weeks ago, you know, if you love them, you take them right now and, and kind of worry about the numbers later on. Uh, I think that's where they're at. And Arkansas this weekend um, going to have some visitors. And finally, you don't have an 11 o'clock game, and you're at home. This is breaking the streak of five straight games at five different locations, four straight 11 o'clock games with the 3 o'clock kickoff. So you expect to get some guys from Louisiana, from Texas, and things like that, and including a lot of 2023 guys and a lot of guys that are on their second or third visit. Yeah, yeah, it's an impressive list we've got started there on Hawk Sports. We'll continue to add to that list, uh, you know, as needed throughout the week. But uh, uh, you want to run through a few names here? Or what? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about some of these guys. I mean, especially right. the, the ones coming for, uh, you know, their second or third visit because that's, as we know, always very notable. That's right. Well, I'll start with Brendan Jordan making his third trip. Actually, fourth, if you want to count his uh, – I think it's their season opener – they came up from uh, Mansfield, Texas, and they played at Bentonville West. I actually attended that game. So they actually practiced on Arkansas's practice field before that game. So if you want to count that as a visit, you can. That would be his fourth. But, you know, it's a four-star safety in the 23 class, six foot 185. He's uh, number 189 in the country. Big-time talent there. You've got uh, uh, the linebacker. Uh, let me find him here, Everett Russo, out of Ellenwood, Cedar Cedar Grove, Georgia. Uh, he came up in June, obviously a, a teammate of Rashad DeBinion, who's committed in this year's class. Uh, you got Drew Pickett, a running back out of Alabama, 2023 three-star, really good-looking player there. Tackett Curtis is a four-star uh, linebacker out of uh, Manny, Louisiana, making his second trip up here. And the list goes on and on. We added another Last night, Robert Stafford is a 23 athlete out of Florida. That's a long, long way. So a yeah. lot of these guys are making a long trip. Uh, as you mentioned there, some of them for their second, third time. That's that's something I'm going to try to start tracking, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. I do think it's it's uh, yeah, it's a really good data point. Well, I remember, Danny, when K.J. Jefferson came, and uh, you had him listed like K.J. Jefferson coming, and I was like, didn't he come? And he's like, he came already, right? And it's like, oh, this guy – Crystal ball time. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you start coming on those uh, those multiple visits, then then you know something's up. So that's usually a good indicator. All right, that's Danny, right. you want to talk about Mississippi State real quick? What do you think? You're a little you a little nervous about this one for Arkansas? Yeah, I'm a lot of bit nervous about this one, Trey. I worry about the defense, the back end of the defense. You know, of course, ever since Catalan, he's kind of your great neutralizer yeah. or was. You know, he make up for so many mistakes, get people in the right place. And, so, I mean, this is this is Mike Leach we're talking about, dude. I mean, he's one of the greatest offensive guys of all time. Um, Arkansas really doesn't have a pass rush at all to speak of. And, you know, they've gotten torched. Uh, well, really, the last two SEC outings, uh, I won't count Georgia. Georgia didn't have to throw it, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you think about the last two specifically, they gave up an average of 74% completion, an average of 290 per game. Uh, four touchdowns and one pick combined. Uh, they gave up over 53% on all third down attempts, 100% in the red zone. 
six of six with five touchdowns and a field goal. You see where it's going here? They're, they're really struggling. Stop. Defense. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we don't want to hear that. Get, <laughs> right now you get uh, Mike Leach and Will Rogers coming yeah. off the game, thirty-six of thirty-nine. Are you kidding me? And that's a really good team they beat. By the way, I've been impressed with Kentucky, and you know that that was up there for me, Trey, as far as surprises of the of the season so far. Right up there with. A&M beating Alabama. Well, you know, it didn't help Kentucky. Kentucky turned the ball over three times Mm -hmm. in a row, you know, right at the end of the second quarter. And then uh, a fumble and an interception. I mean, going into that third quarter, Danny, it was 14-10. And they'd lost a chance at points right before half. And then suddenly it's 31-10. And got away from their uh, running game, you know. Yep. They had to. They're playing catch-up now. So, a little bit of the rush defense. Now, uh, hey, I'm going to tell you, I think Mississippi State's got a really good defense. But, um, you know, I think all numbers are skewed at some point, right? Mm -hmm. And I think theirs is, um, you know, a little bit. So, it's not to say Arkansas is just going to go out there and gash them. I don't think that's going to be the case. But I do – I like Arkansas's chances of just lining up forcing the issue mm-hmm. and uh, sticking with it. You know, you've got to have power run this week. KJ, Dominique, and yep. uh, Sanders. That's what I would do. I'd try to, I'd try to run right at them. Yeah, I mean, you got a 245-pound quarterback who can run. you got a 235-pound running back and a 225-pound running back. Just keep – hammering with those guys and maybe maybe the the second half is a good time to see a little bit of Traylon Smith after you've been pounding away at those guys bringing right. somebody who's a little shiftier or AJ Green as well. All right, you Danny. Pound with passion, Trey. <laughs> you know what? That's my line. Sometimes in life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, we'll uh, right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see, see you this you. weekend. All right, man. Appreciate you. All right, bye. All right, everybody. That's Danny West again. You can follow Danny at Danny West 247 on Twitter. He does a great job covering Razorback recruiting and, of course, um, has I – mean, he's from Rising. He's grown up in Arkansas, following the Razorbacks his entire life. So, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the Hogs. All right. Where are we going now? I want to talk actually a little bit about basketball, just a little bit, because we're about to be in full swing. The, the um, exhibition season is over. Uh, 24-7 Sports did this. Uh, our, our man Eric Bossy said, uh, college, college basketball preview, 10 second-year players in the nation poised to break out. And there is Debo Davis listed. Eight and a half points, four and a half rebounds, 2.1 assists per game. Why he could break out, Arkansas fans certainly know all about Debo, and so do those who pay close attention to the latter part of the SEC and NCAA tournaments. The rest of the nation is likely going to find out about Devontae Davis in short order. And then goes on to break out down, you know, where he was in high school, where he was ranked, all that stuff, what his style of play is, all of those things. So it's a good read from Eric Bossy on t- uh, 10 second-year players poised to break out. Everybody's on the Devo train right now. Um, next game up is Mercer, Tuesday, November 9th. So next week, early in the week, against Mercer at 7 o'clock on SEC Network Plus. So that means it's streaming. That's not SEC Network alternate channel. That means you need to be able – you need to stream the game um, on the ESPN app. So – and then Saturday, November 13th, which is the same day as the LSU game. The LSU game is at 6.30 in Death Valley. So they waited to schedule a time for this one. It is also on SEC Network Plus. So it is streaming at 2 o'clock from Bud Walton Arena. So that's what's up with Razorback basketball. Okay. Questions. Who's got a question? Only good questions today. Before we get started with these questions, of course, I've got to remind you one more time, plenty of ways to watch and listen. 
If you haven't thrown us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that's all I'm going to say right now. I'm not going to talk about Facebook or YouTube or anything else. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, take a moment real quick. Throw us a five-star review. Say something about the show. Let other people know what to think. We've had some funny comments on our reviews. But we are right now the highest-rated show on, uh, according to, you know, with, in relation to the Razorbacks on Apple Podcasts. We're certainly proud of that and want that to continue. But we need more five-star reviews. So if you like the show, uh, then throw us that five-star review. We certainly appreciate that. All right, James Hill says, Trey, how are the freshman defensive linemen coming along? Really, I would say the only one – let me get this off of here. Really, I would say the only one that we've got a good sample of is Cameron Ball. They've been really pleased with him. I think we could possibly see more of him in the future. 6'5", 300-pound guy. So, um, Lisa Cup Hancock's five-year anniversary follower says, love the coverage. Isaiah, will you marry me? (laughs) Oh, Lisa. Uh, five-year anniversary follower Clint Stacy Patterson says, we need to win to have momentum for the end of the season. I mean, this is a big stretch right here. First of all, bowl eligibility is on the line. You win this one, you're bowl eligible. Right now, Arkansas is being projected by 24-7 sports to play Michigan in the Outback Bowl. So I think we would all take that, a trip to Tampa. So you win this one, you get eligible. Uh, things shape up nicely for that LSU game. LSU can be had. It's not going to be easy. It's never easy in Death Valley, but they can be beaten, and then Arkansas should be favored to beat Missouri uh, and end this ridiculous streak against Mizzou. I mean, it's just – that's the saddest thing out of all this. The Arkansas, I can understand losing to Texas A&M nine times in a row in Arlington as much as you don't like it. But losing to Missouri five times in a row is just pathetic. And that, I don't mean that anything against Missouri specifically. Sure, they can beat Arkansas now and then, but five in a row – Clint Stacy Patterson says, oh, I just read that. Matt A. Worley, five-year anniversary follower, says, better start recruiting quarterback because Hornsby isn't the future. I think it's a little too early to call it on Hornsby. You know, he's a different kind of quarterback. Uh, I really like Lucas Coley. I think um, I think Cade Renfro has some positive attributes. Also, he can run the ball. He can, he's got a really nice arm. So, um, they're not bringing in a quarterback in this current class. And obviously, the transfer portal is always an option at quarterback, uh, but they will obviously pursue that pretty heavily in 2023. And KJ Jefferson has two and a half, three and a half years left if he wants it. George Olmer says, Trey, how much do you think losing Catalan and before that, him playing hurt, hurt our defense? I think it hurt. I mean, he's an all American safety. Nothing's really getting past Catalan. He's not missing tackles. And I think Slusher has played below what he, he is capable of. Uh, in replacing him, but he's not played really not close to that level yet. He's given up a couple big plays here and there, but I think he's better than that. Um, is he Catalan? Is his ceiling Jalen Catalan? I don't know about that, but uh, it absolutely has hurt. I mean, a preseason All-American. Landon Montgomery says, does, tra- does Hornsby transfer after this year? He's a huge talent. I w- I w- I w- again, I would say that's too early. I don't really like to talk about players transferring um, until it becomes obvious or something, but um, he is the backup quarterback right now. I mean, players transfer all the time. I think it's good. What I think is good about Arkansas right now is nobody has transferred in season. You know, that's the thing I hate when players are like four games in, redshirt themselves, I'm transferring, I'm getting out of here. You're quitting on your team, you're hurting your depth. I don't like it. I don't like any player that comes to Arkansas that did that, any player that leaves Arkansas that does that. Transfer in the offseason. There's a lot of talk about. Malik Hornsby. Lee Barber says, milestone follower, 
says, drop eight works great against the air raid when Jalen Catalan's hit stick highlight reel is on the loop and the receiver's birth. I mean, it's going to be so – like the play of the safeties, the corners, and, and not just like in coverage but tackling, you know, keeping things in front of you, fighting through blockers, nickels. That's going to be so big in this game because they're going to throw a lot of screen passes. They'll run the ball some too. I mean, they ran the ball a pretty good bit against Kentucky and had success. But, I mean, so much of what Mississippi State does is tunnel screens, screens to the running backs. The running backs catch a ton of passes. So much of it is that they will throw over the middle. I mean, I say Will Rogers, like, you know, so many of his passes are like those gimme screens and stuff like that where they're almost a guaranteed completion. But he was throwing over the middle with success against Kentucky. So, I mean, that's going to, be, that's going to play a factor too. But you got to keep stuff in front of you. Philip Warren says, can you explain how Arkansas and Mississippi State have the same record, the same signature win against A&M, and Mississippi State lost to Memphis, yet they are ranked number 17, when completely unranked, so stupid the disrespect will never end. I mean, it's kind of a what have you done for me lately deal. And they've got Kentucky ranked. You know, they're looking at it, and they say, okay, Kentucky's 6-2. and two. We've got them ranked 18th. Can we put Mississippi State below them? I don't know about that. You know, I think it's just a what have you done for me. People forget Texas A&M. They forget about Texas, you know. Um, think about this. If Arkansas converts that two-point play against Ole Miss and they're 6-2 and two right now, how different? How different? Just that one, one play, that one play, and Arkansas is in the teens right now in the college football playoff poll. T.J. Under says, Wood says, love the show. Appreciate that, T.J. Chadrick White says we lost three in a row and our win streak and our and on a win streak beating two ranked teams in AM and Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> that didn't read right for me for some reason. Philip Warren says I get that, but if they're gonna go one hundred percent off recent bias, why shouldn't AM be number one for beating Alabama? Well, I mean, there's a there's a balance, I think. But yeah, a lot of it is is what you did for me lately, I think. Elder Regional Allen says, Trey, what's your score prediction? I think the Hogs win respectfully. I, I, so, my score prediction, I think I'm probably going to be somewhere around 31-28 Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to win the game, but it comes down to this, this the small details, okay, because I think they're pretty evenly matched overall, but it comes down to the small details. I think Arkansas being the home team is the reason I would give them the advantage. But, I mean, you can't turn a ball over three times in a row and expect to beat Mississippi State, especially in the third quarter. And that's what Kentucky did. You know, people can talk about all these things, how dominant they were in this factor, and I'm not taking anything away from Mississippi State because they were. But they, they made them pay for their mistakes. Kentucky made too many mistakes, and Mississippi State capitalized every single time, whether it was stopping them from scoring, which happened twice down in Mississippi State territory, right around the goal line. They picked them off twice right down there. And then they had two other turnovers you know, in their own territory. And Mississippi State went down and scored touchdowns. That's what it comes down to, man. I mean, it comes down – and that's not taking anything away from Mississippi State because that's so often what happens in college football. Limiting mistakes, playing clean football, and making them pay when they do make a mistake. Keegan Gilliam says, why do you think it has taken eight games for our coaches to have to decide on Johnson being the number one back? I have no idea. Keegan Gill Kagan Gilligan is a three-year anniversary follower. I have no idea. But this guy – I mean, I was going back and I, I watched – I guess the first half of the Auburn game, I went back and watched three-quarters of the Mississippi State-Kentucky game yesterday, every play, and then I did the same thing with Arkansas-Auburn. And, you know, I'm watching Dennis Johnson in the first couple runs that he made, and he's just like plowing for extra yardage, like moving the pile. And 
I don't know. I mean, it's the best back Arkansas has got right now. Now, does A.J. Green and Rocket Sanders, do they have brighter futures? I don't know. You know who he reminds me of? You know who You know who Dominic Johnson reminds me of? And some of you guys may remember him because he went crazy on Arkansas back in 2017. It's Cameron Petway for Auburn. Cameron Petway was basically unstoppable in that game against Arkansas um, and had a great year. I think he ran for 1,200 yards, didn't play in a whole lot of games that year, left early. He might have got injured the next year, but left early, went undrafted. Um, I don't think he ever played in the NFL. But um, he was six foot, 235, former fullback. It kind of reminds me a little bit, you know, they tried to dominate a little bit at tight end. And that's who he reminds me of, Cameron Petway for Auburn. Hogtoons, Hogtoons. I need a picture for Hog Sports, Hogtoons. Hogtoons says, how does our defensive front match up with the Mississippi State O-line? DM me, Hogtoons, on Twitter. How does our – how does our defensive front match up with the Mississippi State offensive line? Well, they got one guy injured, but they do a good job protecting. I mean, Arkansas hasn't had any success really getting to the quarterback outside of Trey Williams, and he hasn't done anything in terms of getting to the quarterback in the last three games. But I still really love John Ridgeway. I like Utsi. I like Isaiah Nichols, okay? Um, but right now I'd probably give the edge to Mississippi State on the offensive line just because they haven't had a whole lot of success. I mean, I think like a secret to getting to Mississippi State is going to be bringing, you know, bringing a D back, you know, dropping eight, dropping eight, and then just bringing somebody. Surprises, you know. Isaac Riley says it'll make me feel better if we win Saturday. You and everybody else. Cedric White says Clark is is a zone DB, so why they continue to put him in man coverage and he gets burnt. Yeah, I mean – he, he, both of those guys have, have struggled. I mean, that's that's a big part of the game. Like, they need the best game out of Ladarius Bishop that they've had. And Bishop, I don't believe, played against Auburn. I believe it was um, I believe it was Clark the whole game, and then he was back for uh, for UAPB. But they need, like, Hudson Clark, Ladarius Bishop, both need to have their best games. I'm not going to say Hudson Clark needs to have his best game because that means three interception. He just needs to have a good game, a solid game. And Ladarius, have his best game. I think Monteric – matches up well for this one because he is a very physical cornerback. He can fight through people. He tackles well. So I think Monteric matches up well. Um, Greg Brooks needs to ha- come back and have a good game. Or Jaden Johnson, both of those guys, I would say, they probably play pretty pretty similar amount of snaps. I, I kind of like Greg Brooks in this one because he was committed to Mississippi State previously, and that's going to add a little bit of extra motivation. He had a good game against them last year, and he has that experience. So, um, But they like Jaden Johnson, what he's done so far. Kyle Smith says, thoughts on Traylon Smith playing a role on kickoff and punt return? I mean, right now, I'm fine with Perotti. I mean, they've tried so many guys back there. They've tried so many guys back there that just go with Perotti. <laughs> I mean, he catches the ball, and that's that's good enough at this point because everybody else scares you to death. Unless it's Traylon Burks, maybe Traylon Burks. If we're talking about getting him more action, okay, put him at punt return, kickoff return. Trying to figure out ways to get in the ball more. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to risk getting him injured anymore. I wouldn't guess. Uh, Kagan Gilliam, you butchered my name, Trey. I'm sorry, Kagan. Keegan Kagan. Maybe a phonetic. The deal would help me. Marco Giles says, Trey. I wonder if you realize how many times you've called Dominic Johnson Dennis Johnson. Have I? I do that every once in a while. And to be honest with you, I think my. You know, I feel a little groggy because the season's changed a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, Dennis or uh, Dennis and Don, Dominic. I guess. Everyone, I'm good for a mistake every show. Like just a, 
Barbara Bland, and, and to be honest with you, I was like, man, I wonder if I could do this show Friday because I, I do not feel 100% right now. But you got to fight through it. You got to fight through it. Even when you don't feel 100%, you still got to get to the gym, right? Those are the days. Dominic Johnson, Dominic Johnson, Dominic Johnson. Barbara Blaine says, is one of our basketball players ineligible for the first few games of the season? I don't think so. I mean, it could possibly, if you're maybe Dominic uh, – <laughs> Kamani Johnson. <laughs> there we go. We're getting to that 50-minute mark. Rob Hopper says, Trey, I'm a gold star f- father because I lost my son, LP, LCPL, Brian Hopper in Iraq. Brian was a big Hog fan, and I would love to get one of the red, white, and blue Razorback decals. Do you have a suggestion how? Man, I do not. I do not know how to get that, Rob. I mean, you probably – and I, I hate hearing that story – that is absolutely terrible. Um, Rob, uh, I'm trying to think of who you might hit up. You can maybe hit up Kyle Parkinson, um, sports information director at the University of Arkansas. Maybe that would be somebody to contact. I hate hearing that, Rob. Thanks for sharing. Mark Douglas says, I assume Mississippi State game will, game plan for the dogs drop eight. I am hopeful we have some selecting good time wrinkles that disrupt the Mississippi State going to do it. You know, that's what Kentucky did. Kentucky dropped eight, and every once in a while they brought a blitz, and it was effective for a while. The thing that beat Kentucky was them making the mistakes on offense, turning the ball over four times. You just can't do that, and that's what that's what cost them. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. I want to say thanks to uh, Paul Jones from Jeans Page 24-7 for joining us from the Mississippi State site, and, of course, Danny West for his insight on Razorback recruiting, and, of course, the Isaiah Satania commitment, which was huge for Arkansas. All right, we'll be back with you walking around the stadium on Saturday, potentially after a Razorback win or a loss. I think it's very close. I think it could be a very close game. Um, so it should be interesting. 3 o'clock, SEC Network from Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.